Hello, and welcome to Conscious Hoofbeat. My name is Dr. Pamela Maynard, and I am passionate about teaching lifestyle horsewomen inner health practices through self-care, personal development, and mindfulness, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. When you learn to show up for yourself, be present and grounded, your horse will show up for you. And that's when you deepen the connection with your horse and create an authentic relationship. Before I forget, if you haven't joined our exclusive email list already, go to ConsciousHoofBeat.com and sign up for the Conscious Hoofbeat Monthly to receive the free newsletter for lifestyle horsewomen. Today, I have a very special guest that I'm super excited about. Her name is Trisha Wren, and I would like to welcome lifestyle horsewomen Trisha. She is joining us from New Zealand, and Trisha is a horse communicator and healer, an animal communicator who specializes in horses. When communicating with these sentient beings, she receives answers to specific questions, visuals, colors, emotions, and most importantly, lots of information about their energetic health and balance. Horses have been Trisha's passion her whole life. She was an equine instructor, trainer, and clinician in Western riding for over 10 years, and then taught horse and rider biomechanics for another 10 years. Trisha still has two equine paddock ornaments and muses in her backyard. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, where exactly are you? I know you said you're two hours south of Auckland, but what's the name of the town you're near? The nearest town is Cambridge, and it's a very horse-oriented town. Um, there are lots of thoroughbred um, studs, breeding farms here, and also lots of harness racing, so to sort of different tangents of the horse world um, and then lots and lots of uh, ordinary horse owners uh, so it's a very very horsey area and actually this time of year so November in New Zealand is the end of spring okay in in theory the first of December is the start of summer um, and so this is the time of year that if you're driving around in this area you see lots of um, foals in the paddocks of all the thoroughbred um, studs. So it's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can actually hear like birds chirping in the background. And I'm, uh, yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, is it so nice there? You actually have windows open? Because it's like <laughs> full on winter almost. Right. So that's cool. I have, I have to tell our listeners. So I have a, a friend in Australia and I have a cousin in the Philippines. And when I talk to them, it always trips me out because I'm like, I'm here in today and they're in tomorrow. And yes. I always feel like I'm talking to the future. It's so crazy. It's like yeah. Friday afternoon here and you're having your Saturday morning and it just always yeah. tri trips me out that we can do that. Like <laughs> jo joys of technology, right? So Anyhow, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I, uh, I tracked Trisha down because I saw her uh, do a post in a Facebook group about conscious language and horses. And I was like, ooh, 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 somebody else is talking about this. And, and I, I had an awareness around it. Um, I was lucky, really, I probably would say back in my early 20s, I acquired um, a Arabian gelding and his registered name was Cash's Clay with a K and because his father's name was Cash with a K and the people that I acquired him from called him Meathead. Oh I know and he had and I it was in a loving way but you know he'd been yeah in, but a, a, yeah <laughs> but exactly and he'd been in Arabian halter training and for those who aren't familiar with that it's not always the nicest training and so he and he was kind of a laid-back horse anyways so they kind of had to womp on him a little more to get him to really show and be all Arabian snorty for these halter people 
And I, I had issues with him and I knew a lot of them were emotional because I had, I had handled a lot of the physical stuff. And I finally met some, for lack of a better word, because I don't even know what they called themselves back then, but some woo-woo people that were doing some, you know, distance energy healing and things to that effect. And they were like, you need to stop calling him Meathead. And I'm like, well, that's the name he came with. And they're like, well, what's his registered name? And, and you know, I was like, Cassius Clay. And so his name was now Cassius, not Cash, because that was his father's name, but Cassius. And it really made a huge shift mm. with him. And then about five years ago, I got this half Arab gelding and he came with the name Mighty Mouse. And some people think that the little Disney character Mighty Mouse is cool, but I'm like, I'm like, Mighty Mouse, you're 12. Like, it's time for you to grow up, and, <laughs> you know? And he's like, but I don't want to grow up. And oh. I'm, I'm like, yeah, we got to start acting like a big horse and, and not a two-year-old that's silly and, and stuff. So I was being with him one day and I'm like, what is your name? What is your name? And his registered name, because he's half Arab, half self-francais. So his registered name is Je suis. For, I didn't know this when I, because I, I don't nice. speak French, but Je suis is I am. Yeah. And it's Baloo. So his name is Je suis Baloo. And his father was Hullabaloo. So that's where they get the Baloo from. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is your name? What is your name? And I heard him say, I am Baloo, right? That's his oh. name, Je suis Baloo. So I call him by his name, Baloo. And, um, totally shifted things right and there's so much power in words and what we declare yeah. over our life and you know it's just like we know like uh, not to get off track from horses but you know like abused children you tell or, or abused women or whatever you tell them they're stupid long enough yeah. and they start to exactly. believe they're stupid there you know so much power over words yeah. so I was so excited when I saw it was a blog post, right? That you had posted yes. that you did around this. So as you can tell, I'm, I'm very passionate about this topic. So um, let's talk about it. Let's have a mm. conversation around conscious language and how we use it with our horses. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. Um, oh, I, I, it's, I'm thrilled to talk about this as well because I sometimes feel like why don't more people get it you know <laughs> how how powerful it is and how important it is because um and and i'm just gonna say something else uh, quickly this is not a new zealand accent in case anyone's wondering this oh, is a scottish, I went, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> this is a scottish accent <laughs> so you're not a native new zealander <laughs> no <laughs> i'm from scotland um oh and wow yeah, I've lived in New Zealand for 15 years, so this is not what Kiwis sound like. No, this is Scottish. Um, so I hope everyone can um, understand my accent okay. I love it. You know what? I love this COVID because I've met some amazing people. I met a woman <laughs> from Australia who moved to Austria, and it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I don't get out much, but I don't know that us Americans do those kinds of moves. Like No. We move from state to state and yeah. it's a big, big deal to move from like the East Coast to the West Coast, but it would never occur to me to move to another continent. Yeah. So Scotland all the way to New Zealand. Wow. Yeah. Can I ask how you got there before we... Well, my husband is a Kiwi, so I met him in Scotland. We worked together and he had been in Scotland for 18 years at that point with no real intention of coming back to New Zealand. Um, and then together we came here to New Zealand on holiday three times. Um, and each time I, I liked it more and said, you know, we should just move there. And, and he said, yeah, okay. So yeah, we never looked back. Um, absolutely love it. Uh, much better climate mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and really friendly people, great lifestyle, love it. Can you give us a little sample of a New Zealand accent? Can you, can you, do, can you do one? Uh, well, the, the only one would be fish and chops. Okay. Instead of fish and chips. 
Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm glad we clarified that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah. So, my, so my friend that lives in Australia, she's from the States. So when I talk to her, she oh, doesn't okay. have an accent. So right. I, I yeah. wouldn't know. But anyhow, <laughs> let's talk about conscious language. And yeah. So you said, um, you know, about uh, likening it to people in abusive relationships, for instance, that if you're called stupid enough, often enough, you start to feel stupid or act stupid or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it, it works the opposite way too. If you're the person using those words, if I'm constantly saying, you're really stupid, oh, you're a meathead, you're, uh, you know, all of this, that, I mean, even just me saying it in this context right here makes me feel bad. The energy of saying that makes me feel bad. I yes, can feel it roiling inside me, you know? And I can so, see it in your face. You know, this, yeah. is, this is going on a podcast for listeners, but I can visually see you right now. Yeah. And your I whole feel uncomfortable. Your whole body language changes. You, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, energetically, it's affecting the person who's saying it as well as whoever is receiving it and also i think for the person saying it you know us horse owners in this example um we it's kind of setting our expectations of that animal if we keep calling them stupid then we have an expectation that they're going to be stupid um how about we flip it and uh say something nice about them and tell them how much we love them and how fabulous they are and why we love having them in our life. And then maybe that's what we'll see and that's what we'll get. It's like you, you get what you put out there, don't you? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just believe that, um, you know, I always kind of poo pooed a little bit the, uh, the think positive brigade, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, for heaven's sake, here we go again. Just think positive and everything will be fine. You know, kind of makes me want to stick my fingers down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is true, you know, if you can just um, think about something positive rather than that negative, you will see things differently and you will feel differently. Well, so, I understand what you say about that. And like, I, 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 my, one of my biggest triggers is if somebody says, oh, just change your perspective. It's like, well, when you're in that moment, sometimes you're not <laughs> yeah. capable yeah. of changing your perspective. But I look at this much differently. And are you familiar with Robert Tennyson Stevens? Mm-hmm. He wrote the book, Conscious Language, The Logos of yeah. Now. So if you follow any of his work, and, and I'm, this is for the listeners also, this, it's beyond positive thinking, right? There, he's like studied language and there's, there's just, it's so, so much deeper than that, that we don't even have like mm. the, the time to go into it right now. So it's, it, I look at it as on the energetic level right? Like we said, yeah. what you say that it's what you're putting out mm. to the world and we exchange that energy, right? Yeah. Like, so we're putting that out to that horse, that horse is taking on that energy. And like you said, it, even the person saying the bad stuff, that's their negative energy. Yeah. And then you can look at it from a, you know, the next level of that, when you're always in that space, right? With that negative energy or whatever you want to call it that can cause health issues it can cause so many other things Definitely. There's just so many layers to it yeah so as an, an energy worker and a communicator like how do you utilize this in your work with your clients um i'm pretty lucky in as much as the vast majority of people that come to me um, are already the type of person that are wanting to do the right thing and care deeply about their animals. Um, so I don't, you know, I could maybe think of one or two times where um, someone has been telling me about their horse and 
and it's been in a very sort of negative way, you know, he's really stupid, he keeps doing this or whatever. I really don't get that very often, so I'm pretty lucky in that regard. <laughs> um, but if something like that does come up, I, um, I just turn it around and, you know, I'll say something like, oh, he'd really love it if you would um, tell him this or... Um, you know, send him some love or something like that. And I'll give them a little sort of homework to do and just a different way to think about what's going on, maybe. Um, I mean, I've, I find that uh, when I... That's clients, people that come to me, so I'm pretty lucky with them. I tend to see the more negative stuff in the wider community so in facebook groups or even occasionally on my facebook business page for instance you know someone will say something and um that's where i kind of i'll, I'll pick up on things that people say and think about it and then I, that's what i turn into a blog because i think you know actually that's not how i see this and i'd quite like it you know maybe i'll just put my experience and my opinion out there and see if that helps people to think a little bit differently about whatever the, the subject is. Um, I mean I think that I think that one of the biggest things I try to teach people when it comes to animal communication with their own animals is consciousness and mindfulness and being in the moment you know if you if you can't take a moment to stop and breathe and just be there instead of always go go going and saying there's never enough time and um you know just not being with your horse then nothing's ever going to change if you want it to change and you want to have that deeper connection and deeper understanding you need to kind of take a step back think about what you're doing what you might be able to change you know it always starts with us it doesn't start with them it starts with us it's right. us that has to make a change right um, that's, that's what i say in my intro you know, when, mm. you learn, when you learn to show up for yourself and be present yeah. and grounded, then your horse will show up for you. So yeah. we all know that horses mirror us, right? So yeah. when, when, when you say, oh, this horse is so stupid or that mare's being a bitch or what, what it yeah. is, right? They're mirroring us. So take yeah. a step back, take a moment, take a breath and, and look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, it's, you know, just starting to recognize what our habits are and what our contribution to whatever the perceived problem that's going on with, you know, you and your horse is, um, instead of dumping it all on them and it's, it's all his fault, you know, because he's this, that or the other. Um, and a lot of it, you know, that, that does require us to, to go pretty deep within ourselves and to admit things about ourselves that we might not want to admit right you know it's right. a, it is a it's a spiritual journey basically it's a or a, a personal journey if you don't want to be as woo as that but um, it is personal development i think and um it's while it's, it's hard work it's hard yeah, work people it are, is from my experience people are lazy you know, and, yeah, and I, I, don't definitely. Know, I don't know what it's like in New Zealand, but here they rather take a pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Everyone's, everyone look, is looking for the silver bullet. You know, that one thing that will fix the problem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work to walk through your pain, but mm. you have to walk through your pain to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah. You have to be able to recognize it in order to do something about it exactly it, and so habits are another big thing you know basically what we're talking about is identifying negative habits 
and seeing if maybe we could change them. When we come mm. back to that whole language thing, um, you know, the, the word that gets me the most that prompted me to write that blog is that, is that the whole concept of breaking horses. Mm-hmm. Talking about breaking horses breaks my heart, seriously. Um, why people still use that word and that term just, oh, well, it makes me want it's, to. It's the same about, oh, I want my horse to be dead broke right mm. concept but we they use that term because it's not they're not aware right yeah they're not aware and that's why i'm doing this podcast and having these conversations to bring yeah. this awareness around this mm. These, mm. these different ideas that yeah so yeah it's, it's just you know think about the words that you're using whether it's breaking a horse whether it's what you call him or her um just take a moment take five minutes once a week you know it doesn't have to people think that that doing these sorts of things are oh it's going to be so hard and it's going to take so much time it really doesn't have to start by just taking a few minutes and thinking about what words you use to describe your horse or horses in general and then think about what the energy behind that word might be is it a positive word or a negative word what the history behind that word might be you know i do understand that breaking horses is a it's partly a cultural term it's partly a you know that's what we used to do but we don't anymore or at least most of us we don't have to horses don't have to be broken I personally don't want a broken horse. Right, right. We <laughs> so, can start them under saddle. We can start their yeah, training. Exactly. Think about how, what, how could you describe that thing differently? Or how could you, what different words could you use about your horse? Um, so, yeah, just it all comes back to consciousness, doesn't it? Mindfulness, mm-hmm. habits, and just recognizing what it is about, what your contribution is to what might be going on with your horse. So I'm curious, when you're doing your sessions and communicating with these animals, are you getting any feedback from them where they're like reflecting the, you know, what people are saying to them? Does that show up for you? Um, not really. I should say for anyone who who hasn't sort of followed me or anything at this point that I don't, I'm not the kind of animal communicator that hears streams of conversation. Okay. That type of animal communicator might be more likely to get that kind of information. I personally don't, Uh, but I do get emotions and, uh, and answers to questions. So for instance, I can feel if, the horse is um, feeling sorry for itself or feeling sad or, you know, if I ask about the relationship between the horse and the owner, I can feel what the relationship is like. Mm. Um, So, uh, but the other thing, interesting thing is I, I find is that horses the vast majority of horses, in my experience, in the animal communication sessions I've done, um, are really very positive. They don't slag their owners off. Uh, uh, that's a very Scottish way of saying that. I hope you understand what that's I'm saying. That's okay. I love, I love it. <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they don't badmouth their owners, you know. Um, they tend to be mostly just hugely grateful that um they're being listened to that that someone i.e me is there connecting with them and they're like oh wow you mean it matters what i say and what i think and and you're listening and and you're going to tell them yeah and that's huge that that alone makes a huge shift in a 
person horse relationship because they suddenly realize that actually their owner their person wants to know how they're feeling and wants to know what's going on with them and here's the thing not all people not all owners do right if they did you know i would be absolutely run off my feet and there would be animal communicators you know everywhere because people would want to know but you know lots don't you know i might be generalizing slightly but those the, the type of people that the person that would say oh, i want a dead broke horse isn't the type of person who's going to use an animal communicator right and i know that like I, I tend to when I not talk about my woo-woo stuff with my horses and animals with, with those people because they don't mm. get it. They don't yeah. want to get it. But they're, I think it's, again, it goes back to like they have no awareness and they don't have an understanding and they haven't been yeah. educated around it. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit because like I hear people like, oh, animal communicator, what did they say? Oh, your horse likes it when you feed him carrots and doesn't like <laughs> it when you ride them. And it's, again, so much deeper than that. And yeah. And I'm not what I consider an animal communicator. I've actually had somebody call me a translator before. But when you're present and in tune to these animals, it's like, you know, the horses are talking. We're just not listening. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And animal communication takes many, many, uh, there, uh, there are many ways to be an animal communicator, you know. So, so you are, you know, people who... Um, horse people who can, who understand and can read body language are animal communicators. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're getting information and going, oh, right, okay, you like this or you like that, or, mm, you know, because you can read what you're seeing. It just happens that I'm doing it on an energetic or um, telepathic, if you like, level. Uh, but because I've got a background with horses, I've got all those other pieces of the puzzle as well, if you like. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And for me, um, you know, you said in your intro that I was a, an equine pro professional for 20 years, basically, or more than more than all my adult life, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, and I've only been an animal communicator for four and a half years. And maybe practicing it a year or two, a couple of years before that. Mm -hmm. So there's 15 plus years of me working with horses where I was not an animal communicator. I wished I was. I always wanted to be one. Mm -hmm. And I, to me, it was something completely unattainable. And, um, oh, I'll never be able to do that, you know. Uh, and it's only really with hindsight that I realize that all those years of all the different ways that I was working with horses, um, starting with um, riding, competing and training, and then starting to learn more about how their bodies work and biomechanics, mm -hmm. starts taking you a bit deeper into how they're actually feeling. And then I did lots, learned lots of um, different bodywork modalities and did uh, some Reiki courses, Reiki one and two, uh, so energy healing. And so for me, the, the process or journey of going deeper and deeper into horses' bodies and into their minds and into how they were really feeling and what they were really thinking, that's what sort of tipped the scales for me if you like and all of a sudden I could <laughs> I could do stuff that I never thought I'd be able to do so I guess what I'm saying is um, yes I understand that for a lot of people a majority probably uh, sorry my cat just stuck her head in my oh well mug speaking to drink of, my water speaking <laughs> of cats we have um yeah we have oh, hello. This, oh, is, this is Cinnamon Benjamin Brickstein, and he oh. always yells, Oh, we do cat hellos. This is Yoda. Hello, Yoda. Yoda. He's Say hello beautiful. To He's gorgeous, too. But yeah. I always, I, I, for the longest time, would have to sit here and like re record. And a friend of mine was like, Just leave him in. And so, <laughs> yes. I, so one time I, I had somebody say, 
is there a, is there a kid screaming in the background? I'm like, oh. no, that's just cinnamon talking. So <laughs> I had like, full disclosure <laughs> from now on where we're, when we have uh, animal noises in the background, yeah. we don't have children being abused. So I love, I love <laughs> it when other people's cats join the podcast. <laughs> yes. So welcome Yoda. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I totally agree that uh, probably a majority of people, um, you know, just haven't had those kinds of experiences or it hasn't occurred to them or, you know, we don't know until we know. So unless you've been exposed to something different or something deeper, you know, uh, then it's completely understandable that you might not know that that exists or know how it works or know that it's possible. Well, I, I can relate to your your story and how this evolved for you because I think I really started to be more connected with my animals when I started doing the bodywork trainings and becoming an energy yeah. facilitator. And it just kind of takes it to a whole different level. But yeah. it's also doing your inner work. Like you've yeah. done the work. So you that's how you can do this work now. Yeah. It's a, it's a process. You don't just wake up and be like, I'm an animal communicator today. Yeah, oh no, <laughs> definitely not. No. And there are people that train to do it. You can you can learn the skills. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and and I do believe that some people are just born with it, you know, and have a sort of natural um, talent for it, if you like. But I still think uh, probably in those cases, you you would get a, a, a deeper, more complete experience when you've also done the work. Well, sure, they have a skill, right? They have this yeah. natural talent, but then you have to learn how to hone that skill. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, you know, I, I was just thinking, I was at some friends for dinner one night and they had a little, they have two little dogs, one's a corgi and one's a little foo-foo dog and the corgi doesn't usually jump up with us on the couch while we were watching a movie and but she did this one night and was kind of grumpy but kind of not and couldn't quite read her you know like she wanted to snuggle and she wanted you to touch her and pet her but if you quit then she'd go you know like keep petting me but then if you didn't pet her in the right place she'd get kind of grumpy mm -hmm. and you know and the, the owner's like she's just not a nice dog oh and i'm like no she's trying to communicate here yeah. And instead of you trying to listen and figure it out, it's like, she's not a nice dog. Get down. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no wonder she's grumpy about yeah. it. And so oh, we, yeah. people just don't, they just don't know how to listen. And because they, mm -hmm. think, you know, you have the people that think animals, because they're animals, don't have feelings and can't, yeah. or emotions and can't, you know, maybe they can't express themselves the same way we do. But I mean, there's research now that proves that. But then again, it's the person doesn't want to, you know, do the work and be like, you know, why is my dog not so nice? What am I yeah. doing as an owner that my dog is not a happy dog, right? It's yeah. Not, it's about taking responsibility, right? For yeah, our, exactly. For ourselves. Trying to figure out what it is they're trying to, to tell you because they can't talk, you know? I mean, a dog, a cat might be able to meow at you and a dog might be able to Woof at you like that, and and horses might have a some little quicker or whinny or something, but it's not talking. It's not a, a you know a complete sentence. So the only way they have of communicating with us is by you know your horse nudging you or stamping its foot or swishing its tail or your cat. Um, jumping on the counter or or you know the dog doing whatever it was doing so yeah we have to remember that everything they do is a communication they just can't verbalize it so pay attention watch them um, notice what what their habits are and, and what their likes and dislikes are so that you can notice if something changes and start to think okay that's not normal he doesn't usually do that so what's up or you know I think it's really really common especially with horses for us to say and 
full disclosure again, this used to be me, you know, I'm not a saint by any means. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, um, probably 20 years ago, maybe just less than 20 years ago. I can't believe I'm that old, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> join, join my bracket. <laughs> um, with my mayor who I still have, she's 29 now. I brought her with me from Scotland to oh, New Zealand. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I bred her, so I've had her all, all her life. And um, she's the horse that set me on this course. And I can remember when, so she would have been maybe eight, something like that. Um, and she, I'd only, I'd been doing Western riding up to that point and um, competing and stuff. And this horse had so many bad habits, you wouldn't believe it. And I can remember taking her to a clinic and uh, saying, I, I had a long list of questions to ask this clinician. And I can remember saying to him, why does she do this? And, and I know she knows better and she, I'm pretty sure she's just doing this to piss me off and, you know, asking him all this. That was how I was wording my questions. How do I get her to do such and such? And why is she doing this when that's not what I'm asking her to do? And why is she trying to piss me off? Um, and I think that's really, really common with horse people. But because we don't get it, we don't understand what it, how the thing started in the first place and what our contribution is and what they're trying to tell us. We just blame them for everything. Right. Um, she's just doing that on purpose. I seriously thought that because I bred this horse, she should trust me and she should understand everything I was asking her to do and just do it and behave herself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and after that one clinic, a two day clinic, I walked away from it going, oh my God, I have just realized that actually everything she's doing that, that, I, that, that annoys me, I taught her to do. <laughs> good awareness <laughs> good awareness some people go through their life and never have that awareness yeah <laughs> that was the start of everything for me you know um suddenly realizing that trust and and good behavior and even your horse liking you doesn't just come like that just because you're the owner or just because you feed you, them <laughs> You feed him and buy him the best covers, or you you bred him. None of that counts for anything. <laughs> so oh, I, you know, yeah. I, we have I to step you. up. Yeah, I you know I I think I, I can't remember if I did a podcast on it or if it was an article I I had published recently about you know of my I think I did a podcast on like my fourfold process to doing horses better. Because can't we always do better, you know, like, and it always starts with the inner work. You know, we have to have the right training, right? The horse has to be properly trained and, and know his stuff. You can't be mad at the horse if he doesn't know anything. But you can't be mad at the horse if you're showing up all pissed off and in a bad mood and grumpy from work. And I, I teach people that it's, it, you know, maybe you don't ride today right? If you yeah. are not in a good place, then maybe you don't ride. Like maybe yeah. you just go take the horse out and go for a little walk and practice some, you know, breath work of your own mm. and some presencing exercises. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process. It's not just a one thing. It's not, yeah, I, I did an interview with a biomechanics lady, you know, it's like, it's not just, and she does something different in that she does biomechanics with the horse and rider where some people yeah. just do one or the other. Yeah. But she's like, but it's not just, okay, do my biomechanics and it's the end all be all. It's, you know, listening to your horse, feeding your horse properly, you know, showing up for your horse. It's just, it's this whole package deal. And, and that's why I always interview and, and work with lifestyle horsewomen, because mm -hmm. if anybody's going to be open to it. It's going to be those of us that it's our life. It's not, this is not for the weekend rider who, you know, has her horse in training and just shows up and the horse is tapped yeah. up and lunged and ready to go. And you take your 30 yeah. minute lesson and hand the, the horse back to the groom and go back to your house in the city. That's not who this is for. And I, I shouldn't say that it might be a little, <laughs> um, 
what's the word you know i might i might be a little be putting people off by it but i kind of don't care i'm like this is for people that horses are their life and you want to do the absolute best for them and that means you have to have a lot of different tools in your toolbox and not yeah. it's not just oh we do everything this way or we do everything you know this method it's because not everything works mm. for the same thing for that horse and i've i've seen it for years i used to train professionally and I'd see other trainers, they get a horse in, oh, well, there's something wrong with this horse and send it down the road, right? And the owner has to buy a new horse. Well, it's not that there was something wrong with the horse. That horse just wasn't responding to their specific training methods, right? And instead of learning how to change their communication, because it's not just energetically, yeah. how we communicate when we interact with them on the ground and how we communicate with them when we ride. And you have to be malleable, right? Not, mm. not every horse is going to fit into the same box. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think too that um, it's about recognizing, and it sounds really obvious, well, it sounds really obvious to me, but obviously it mustn't to everyone, <laughs> but yeah. it's about recognizing that this is a living, breathing, sentient being. It's not a vehicle it's not a, a a hobby you know like you said something you just pick up for an hour at the weekend and put back down again um if you want a, a meaningful relationship with your horse you need to go deeper and you need to start seeing things from their point of view not just from your point of view mm, i love that i love that I don't know. I can't top that one. Say it again. Say it <laughs> I again. don't even know where that came from. That <laughs> you have to start seeing things from their point of view, not just from your point of view. Yeah. I think that was a message directly from the horse. Mm. That was yeah. And from animal communications that I, I think that, as I said, you know, when I'm um, communicating with a horse, that's, that's the big message that I get that, they really appreciate being listened to. Mm. Oh, they they can they can let a lot of other stuff go if they're just being listened to. You know, like say, uh, let me think of a, an example. Um, oh, hello, kitty cat. <laughs> I just had to put mine out because she started tearing up my chair. Um, <laughs> that's the signal for getting kicked out the door. Uh, um, say, let me think of an example. Say the owner has said to me, um, oh, I need to take him to such and such a place next week, but I, I'm really worried about whether he'll, he'll get on the trailer or not. And I speak to the horse and the horse says, oh, I hate going to that place and, and you know, I really don't want to. If I explain to them the reason why and why it's important and that it's not just some arbitrary thing that the horse, the, the owner is making them do, once they understand the reasoning behind things, more often than not, they're quite happy to do it. And then the owner will get back to me and say, he got on the trailer and he was absolutely fine and everything went well, you know, so sometimes we just need to explain things to them sure and i feel like that when we do that it's again it goes back to that that conscious language it's like we're declaring okay this is what we're gonna do this is how yeah. it's gonna happen with grace yeah. and needs and you know we're declaring that and, and why it, mm -hmm. and then it does happen that way but when you yeah. show up and be like this horse i bet he's not going to get on the trailer yeah guarantee you he's not going to get on a trailer when you put that out yes. of the universe yeah yeah so oh good stuff trisha i'm so happy to connect with you i feel like we could sit here and just chit chat like all day long um but i think we i think we got got a good foundation and a point across and mm. um if anybody is interested you do the d distance communication don't you or do you yeah so it's yeah. all remote i don't uh, when i first started out i did them in person because 
at the time I was still teaching and I, I, so I used to do um, biomechanics clinics and I'd have eight people for four days for a clinic and um, when I was first um, kind of uh, figuring out and honing my animal communication skills if you like I would, I would, this isn't news to them. I'm, I'm not giving away any secrets, or, uh, but I would use them as my guinea pigs, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> so in the beginning, when I was first figuring it all out, I did have to put my hand on the horse and, and make a, a connection with the universe and then and ask permission. And then I could step back and uh, I had a connection with the horse and I could get information. And it kind of progressed on from there for me. So now um, I do it completely remotely and um, all I need is a photo. And uh, sometimes people, you know, they'll say, well, do you, need, do you need a photo of the left side and a photo of the right side? Or what, what kind of photo? Does it matter if it does? It, do I have to go out and take one today? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm not reading. I'm not looking at what the horse's uh, posture or confirmation or or fitness or whatever is in the photo all i'm doing is making an energetic connection so mm -hmm. it can be an old photo it can be a headshot it doesn't matter um yeah so all i need is a photo and name and that's enough um and i say to people that i um it's up to them whether they give me more information up front or not. I quite like doing my sessions blind, you know, mm -hmm. without that extra information, because it means I don't have any clutter. I don't have any pre, what's the word? Preconceived notions. Of yeah, going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Um, and so I just I run through my normal kind of protocol that I have developed and um, more often than not that answers whatever questions the person had anyway but they can then come back afterwards and, and either give me more information if there's something specific that's been happening or um ask whatever questions they've got awesome so if somebody was wanting to find you and schedule a distance animal communication session with you where can they find you um the two main places to find me are either my website, which is trishawren.com, um, and then there's lots of information on there, and there are buttons to click if you want to book a session, or my Facebook page, which is Trisha Wren Everything. No, it's not. It's Trisha Wren Equine Energetics. <laughs> um, and uh, they can read my reviews on there, and there are uh, they can message me via that page as well that's the easiest way to contact me yeah i that's the beautiful thing about energy work is you don't have to be in person and you can yeah. help help more people and more horses and yeah. yeah and all around the world and this year especially you know where right half, half the world is locked up anyway so um yeah it's great that um, you don't have to, I don't have to travel, I don't have to um, see people in person, and, and they can still um, benefit too. So, Awesome. Thank you for the work that you're doing for animals. Oh, thank you. It's, and it's my pleasure, believe me. <laughs> and probably a bigger thank you for what you do for the animals, which is really more for the people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah I, I mean i do love it I, it's the best job in the world um i i'm really grateful that i get to do this and um and, and i'm always blown away by the things that people tell me afterwards you know the shifts that happen and the um how much happier their horses seem and how their relationship changes and it's it's it blows me away every time how many sessions do you usually do with a with a animal? Just one, or do you have people come yeah. back on a regular basis, or does it just depend? Oh, probably seventy percent of my clients are um, repeat business. So mm -hmm. yeah, most of my clients will 
start off getting one horse done and then get all their horses done. Um, and uh, most people, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. People will say, oh, when, when should I book a checkup? When, when do you need to, especially if I've done um, any deep energy work with the horse. Um, but actually one session, you know, I sometimes think I'm talking myself out of business here, but one <laughs> session can, <laughs> can make a big, a big shift. So even just getting a checkup um, every six months or even annually uh, is enough for most people. Well, the Chinese, really the, the Chinese would say you should do something with the change of every season. So I'm going to help you build your business and say yeah, at least, at least yes. four times a year. <laughs> great idea. Great idea. Yeah. You know, for most people, it, it tends to be either if something has gone off again you know like their horse seems grumpy he's not happy or something's just not they've noticed something's just not right and they can't put their finger on it or they've got new questions because maybe they're maybe they're moving him to different grazing or they're sending him to a trainer or something and they've got questions around it mm. those are the two main reasons that people book um repeat sessions yeah Anything else you want to add about conscious language with horses? Just do it. <laughs> do it. I like that. <laughs> Think about what you're saying and um, yeah, just pause and notice what words are coming out of your mouth and what they might mean. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. I'm going to say it one more time. If anybody is interested in booking a session with Trisha Wren, it's trishawren.com, Wren with a W, W-R-E-N.com. And thank you so much for joining me today. I was really excited about this one. So, um, oh, oh, and don't forget to go to consciousoffbeat.com. <laughs> you can sign up for our free newsletter. Until next time, enjoy your horse.